Hi, I'm Juan Galloway. And I'm Tracy Galloway. Welcome to our podcast, 36 Questions. This is an unscripted show where we candidly and spontaneously answer 36 questions that lead to love. These 36 questions were invented by psychologist Arthur Aaron, who created this exercise to help people be vulnerable in order to foster closeness and intimacy. We have been married since 1992 and have four awesome grown children together. We have both been in Christian leadership for over 30 years. We have been youth pastors, church planters, lead pastors, ministry school directors, nonprofit leaders, and are now missionaries. Yes, we are missionaries with youth with a mission. YWAM, the largest missions organization in the world, and are following our call to know God and make him known to the nations. You know, our hope is that as we dig deep into each other's lives, that you will be inspired to do the same. Let's dive in. Greetings and Happy New Year. It's 2023. Yep. So, uh, I wanted to just say this is going to be the best year ever it, it I, I think it will be but i do want to say that I don't last year was pretty great too every year's great in fact you may be listening and it may be the year you know what three thousand or something <laughs> oh man it, it could be that's quite a thought <laughs> it could be in like the archives of like when podcasts first came out which now it seems like they've been out forever but our great great you know, great a thousand grandchildren years are going to be listening like i want to listen to my ancestors <laughs> <laughs> hello great 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 granddaughter and grandson hi <laughs> hello from the past <laughs> the grave <laughs> <laughs> we're in heaven we're in the grave you should come to heaven too it's gonna Ain't be awesome no grave. Gonna hold my body down yeah maybe. i don't know that song oh yeah it's a good one um so, gosh, a lot has happened. Let yeah. me, a little update from uh, the last podcast. We have been in Kona, Hawaii, at the University of the Nation's YWAM base. Youth with a Mission. In the Pacific Islands. And um, for the last six months, we've really been working um, on this campus and... Uh, Man, it has been busy. We had like a thousand uh, students recently. We had the most students in the history of this campus. Oh, that's right. Yes. That's true. And it that's was saying something. packed. Just packed. Yeah. Um, great, though. Yeah. Right? Going to worship was like going to a mob, flash mob. <laughs> <A> huge concert. <laughs> it was like, whoa, there's no room for me here. Yeah, we had overflow tents. But uh, I spent a lot of time one-on-one uh, mentoring and ministering to a lot of young women leaders and staff mm. members. Uh, yeah. You know, three a day, every day at least. Yeah, we had an apartment right next to the campus, so it made it so convenient to just yeah. drop in at the Galloways. They would come over and just cuddle at our condo on our sofa. And they were like, ooh, a couch. <laughs> I can sit on a they're sofa? Living, they're living in dorm rooms for like three months at a time. Or, yeah. Or years. And then I had to keep a, a, a big supply of kombucha. Kombucha oh in the fridge. Every single person that, that came over wanted a kombucha. Yeah, I think it is gross. I don't well, even like it. Ugh. you know, it's good for your digestion, you know? 
Who says? Because this was just invented within my lifetime. Uh, I don't know. It didn't even exist when we were young. It's like, you know, how did we digest even when we were young? <laughs> how did Adam and Eve I'm digest? Sure, I'm sure somebody with a Scooby, or is that called a Scooby? I think it's Scooby. Scooby? Scooby Dooby Doo. <laughs> somebody with a Scooby. I, somebody knows the answer to these questions, and forgive us for not knowing. Yeah, That's, and I'm not putting you down. If you love digestive things. I like it. And kombucha. I think it's good. I'm sorry, but it is fun to make fun of you. Add a little ginger, a little lemon. Because come on, you're like growing bacteria out of a, a blob of goo. It's good. <laughs> it's it funny how like what's, you know, as old people, we can tell you this if you're younger. And that is every five years, there's something new that's good for you. And it's different every five years, and everybody has to buy it and do it, whatever it is. Like the past two years, it's sourdough bread, like home baked sourdough bread. All oh. of a sudden, it's so good for you. And I'm sure it all is? these things are good for you. I Carbs? remember when, when you were a kid, oh. you said your parents got super duper into fiber. Oh my gosh, fiber was like the savior of the world. <laughs> for some reason, it would prevent cancer and everything. Yeah, bad. it's like. Whatever the latest health trend is, it'll prevent cancer. So get always. This. So they're feeding me this cereal every morning called Fiber One or some other brand. Anyway, it was cardboard. It was the worst thing you've ever tasted. And it was just horrible. Mm. But you know what? It it passed. And then my you know, my parents quit eating all that crazy amounts of fiber. You know what my mom gave me? What? It's called Metamucil. Do you remember this? It's some powder you put in water, and it's supposed to make you, same thing, go to the bathroom. I remember it in a liquid form. You could yeah. drink it. Oh, well, I think they put the powder into the liquid. Well, you could buy and it stir and it. already stirred as well. That's, oh, what, I, that's what I've seen, and I'm were, like, ooh, it's well, blue. Maybe that came later. Yeah. Mine was orange, and it was as a child, and it tasted like chalk. But it was good for you. <laughs> Supposedly. Yeah, and going back in time, it was cod liver oil Cod or liver oil, good for your brain. You know, so whatever. all these things are probably are good for you, but it's kind of Who like... Says? I, well, don't... Okay. I'm a skeptic when it comes to You're these things. You're being ridiculous. I'm sorry. They're good for you. It's just... You're right. People take it a little far as to being that one thing. And then after five years, whatever it is, they get tired of eating it or doing it, so there's a new thing. That's what we're saying. It's just... It rotates. Okay. Well, anyway, How'd we get on uh, for that? the last six months or so, we've been on campus, and uh, while Mambo was meeting and, and mentoring and coaching so many um, young women. And a few men. Uh, and a few men. Uh, I, I was uh, helping to staff, which is what they call help run and facilitate a school at the University of the Nations uh, called the School of Truth and Transformation. And it was fascinating. It was a little more of a intellectual course. Uh, it involved critical thinking, worldview, comparing Christian worldview, biblical worldview with all the other worldviews yeah. and throughout history, I mean, including up to modern day. And uh, we were reading like hard books about tough subjects and really like what? Like thought provoking. What, what was something that you didn't really have an understanding of before that now you have a whole new depth of understanding? So, okay. And um, again, this would all, often be controversial subjects. So just get ready, listeners. Uh, one of the books out of many was about, was by a, um, uh, what do they call baby doctors? 
I'm sorry. I just well, pediatricians. Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, pediatrician. But there's a gynecologist for. Okay. It's a female doctor, and okay. then there's a um, obstetrician. Wait. Yeah, no. something for babies and the birth process. You know, that's kind of stuff. Yeah, a pediatrician just takes care of kids. Okay. Doesn't take care of well pregnant women. You mean? I've exposed my the ignorance of the medical of a field. Pregnant woman, Forgive me, doctors out there and nurses and medical experts. I don't know anything about that. Although my daughter is a nurse. But and you have four kids. My point is, uh, I read this book about all the medical ethics around um, birth, uh, different ways to um, get impregnated, uh, and so it was fascinating. Uh, I, I didn't think it would be, but however, uh, medical technology now is nuts. Like what they know how to do, I had no idea. For example, give just one example out of okay. many, but. Uh, it used to be in the past, you really didn't know how your baby was going to come out. You couldn't test them for anything. The only test that existed, which was uh, invasive and dangerous, was the uh, amniocentesis. Right. Right. That's how my aunt lost her baby. Yeah. And that's scary. Yeah. Um, Horrible. Yeah. So most people wouldn't want to do that because it's dangerous. Right. Uh, to the baby. They say it's not dangerous, but I don't know. I've heard stories, so well, you they told me to get one, and I said, no, thank you. Right. So, and this is all, I mean, why, why were they pressuring you to do it? You know, what, what, what is it you need to know that is so pressing you can't find out after the baby's born, right? Because most of history, that's the way it's been, and right. it's fine. Right, right. Um, so a lot of this book was like, just because we can do this doesn't mean we're supposed to or should. It might not be the best for everybody. Anyway. Uh, now you can do blood tests for the mother and find out what's in the baby's blood and not just the blood, the DNA of the baby. And so now you have testing you never even knew was possible. Yeah, it's not necessary. Okay, you think go we got new microphones, so we're adjusting them. Uh, that's fun to know. Anyway, so basically uh, you can get tested and find out if your baby, like typical, they would say you need to know if the baby has Down syndrome or um, uh, spina bifida, or lots of diseases, right? But it goes further than that. Now they can know if the baby might get diabetes one day when they're 50, you know, things like that. And it's growing every day how much they can find out. But why would you want to find out is the question, because the only option you have now, is, you know, according to the doctor, is to eliminate the baby through abortion, or let the baby live and deal with whatever, which is what we've been doing in all of history, human history. Uh, and so the question is, why would you want to test unless you're looking at the option of killing the baby? So um, anyway, I never thought about that. And there's many other, in fact, in some countries, because they're doing extensive testing, every time they discover a baby with Down syndrome, I think this was in Iceland, uh, they are aborted. Every, like 100% now of the society is just eliminating Down syndrome babies. And they're wow. thinking, oh, uh, look, isn't this great? We've eliminated Down syndrome. No, you've killed all the babies who had Down syndrome. That's not the same thing. Mm. Um, and so that's very sad to me because I know people with Down syndrome and they're wonderful, beautiful people and the world is a better place because of them. And so anyway, that's just, there's so much more. I wish I knew the name of that book, could remember it, I'd tell you and say, pick it up. This reminds me of the book uh, Deadline that you read years ago. Love the Christian that book. book by Randy Alcorn, is that right? Yeah, that it's a fictional. Author? Yeah, it's a mystery. fictional story, but 
um, when the guy dies and goes to heaven, there's somebody who's teaching everybody. Um, like the, the teacher of all the people was somebody, wasn't it someone with Down syndrome who was teaching how to love or something mm, like that? In heaven? In mean? heaven, yeah. I forgot that part, but that's fascinating. Yeah, kind of like, because you meet people with Down syndrome, they're so loving and so kind right. and so amazing. And um, and in and, and heaven, he was the one that was teaching everybody like how people should love well. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, it just really touched my heart was so good anyway yeah uh, we could go off on that topic forever yeah we won't but uh, anyway amazing course uh great to be a part of it for three months so diverse we had people from so many nations as usual and so fun to to meet people mm -hmm. from germany india uh, ukraine we had a young woman from ukraine whose house was bombed and had to flee the country in war and here she came to ywam and was experiencing god and we just found out she's now uh, working in the school on campus for the uh, missionaries' kids. And there's Ukrainian, uh, was it a little girl? Or I little don't boy? know if it's a, I think it's a girl. But yeah. I don't really remember, to be honest. But who doesn't I know speak English. Who doesn't speak English. So, and she's, so she's translating for this little child um, who's like eight years old. And she loves it. Loves it. Um, she's doing that for the next three months, and then she's doing a school of counseling, which is amazing. Because you can bet there's going to be a ton of people who will need counseling. In the um, Ukraine. Yeah. yeah, in the Ukraine um, after the war. Of course. Um, during, forever. So anyway, yeah. So there's a lot happening here. We're really thankful to be here and be a part of things. We'll tell you on a next episode about where we're headed out to, because we are headed out. But for now, let's get into our question. What is our question for our 36 questions? What number are we on anyway? Is it 26? We are on 26. Uh, and here's the question. Okay. Complete this sentence, Mambo. And by the way, our answers are spontaneous. The show is unscripted. We have zero plans. We just read the question. In and other words, please lower your expectations <laughs> to the floor. Okay, what's the question? You get what you pay for. That's, this is free. That's right. Okay. That's right. All right. Question 26. Well, question. It says, complete this sentence. All right. I wish I had someone with whom I could share blank. I wish I had someone with whom I could share blank. Hmm. Well, that's, um, that's a great question. Um, could you answer first? Because I yeah. feel like I need to think on it. Yeah. Uh, this is an easy one for me because I think I feel this a lot and I crave it, uh, someone to share this with me, and that is music. Um, I'm a musician and written hundreds of songs. Um, at certain points in my life, I was playing music, leading worship, writing all the time. Now I'm, I used to have a lot of instruments, things I could create with. Now mm. I'm down to one mm. that I travel with and I'm glad to have it. And, uh, but I have no band. I don't have a drummer, a bass player, another singer, keyboard player, You've nothing. You've had a lot, okay. It's me. How many bands have you had over the years? Like the first band was called the Unknown Tongues. Well, that wasn't a real band, but it was, uh, was a great your, name for and, a band, and right? The Unknown Tongues. <laughs> yeah, it takes a strong theological stance. Boom, right out of the gate. <laughs> Pentecostal. Uh, then, yeah, that was with my best friend. We never played a song for anybody other than publicly? ourselves. Never? Ever? No, just Not with ourselves. Okay, then what was after so that? Funny. What was your next band? Unless we played at youth group once. I don't remember, though. You might. Uh, so my, my first real band 
Well, I mean, I played in worship teams, Wait, and I those remember, are bands. I remember a song from the Unknown Tongues. This well, is we only had one song, so I'll bet you remember the only okay. one. Okay, and it's because Juan and I started dating when I was 13, he was 16. Yes. So you were probably 16, I was probably 13. Yeah. And it was like, in spirit I speak mysteries. I speak not unto man. I'm talking to my father and he always understands. No, I'm not a foreigner. No, I am not drunk. This is a holy language. I speak in unknown tongues. <laughs> it was kind of a new wave song because my best friend played keyboard. Oh, and, and it was a new wave time. New wave was like so mid-80s, big in like the 1986. 80s. Oh, huge, huge. <laughs> so, yeah, one so of the first songs funny. I ever wrote, guys. There you go. Oh, my I wish gosh. I remember the rest, but I don't. All right, and then what was your next band? Okay, uh, well, besides, I played in worship bands and yeah. youth group. Youth group with Spencer um, Nordyke. And that was so fun, and Joe yes. Marone. Yeah. Anyway, you guys don't know who those people are. Those were our youth pastors. Our youth pastors. Uh, but my first band was called Sanctified Noise, and it was a punk rock band. I started with my friends, skaters, in Bible school. Uh-huh. And so we were together three and a half years. And and you all had really great hair. We had spiky hair. I remember you had, we bleached your hair. I bleached your hair white. I think I did it for you. Uh, I was with you when you did that. Pro- I did it more than once. So you're probably at least one of the, I frost, used those frosting kits. Yeah, the frosting kit where you used to pull the hair through the little hole. Yeah, I on, didn't use any pull through any holes. But we just frosted your whole head and your whole head was like, was like straw. straw. Yeah. And it was white and it, and you would, lift it all up and to get a mohawk up kids in the old days we'd use jello i didn't use any jello yeah we did we we mixed jello together i just use lots of hairspray usually oh yeah hairspray with the blow dryer to pop it up but when it was down it just looked like you had kind of long hair but it was shaved on the sides really high so when you lifted it up it was like a wide mohawk yeah or sometimes i did a kind of a Edward Scissorhands look, only with white hair. Yes, yes, Edward Scissorhands, that's right. And we'd spray it green for a show. I remember spraying, yeah. it, spraying it green once. Anyway, yeah, this, the music was about the hair. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, and the lead singer had Liberty Spikes. No, uh, he actually didn't. He had a dual mohawk. Dual Came yeah. together in the front. But Liberty the, Spikes are big spikes coming oh, off every direction. Oh, a lot sorry. Of maintenance. Oh, that's okay. I'm and here the to drummer, educate the public. The drummer just had a big, like, rock skunk hair. on his head. Like, it was like a big... <laughs> it was black hair. It was just everywhere. He did shave his head on the side and made a huge mohawk. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I think Craig just had normal hair. He had, like, a big skater, long bangs. Oh, skater look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, anyway. Anyway, that's that was my first band, and we did evangelism, and I probably talked about this in the past in some episode, but, yeah, we were... We actually, our, our claim to fame was playing um, Cornerstone Music Festival in Chicago. It was amazing. So. Uh-huh. And you'd play all the clubs. And uh, I remember, yeah, Very I remember you guys, people moshing. Yeah. Uh, moshing is dancing a certain way, body surfing, <laughs> where you jump in the audience yes. and they pass you around and put you back on stage. All kinds of stuff. Slam dancing. I don't think they do these things anymore. This was, a, uh, this was an era. Well... At metal shows, they mosh still today. Oh, they do. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. But anyway, anyway we, And we, then what was after Sanctified Noise? So, uh, years later, uh, I, when I was in Northern California, I had a band called Echoplex. Uh-huh. And uh, Echoplex was a Bay Area band. So, we played in San Francisco and all around the Bay Area. Uh-huh. That was a lot of fun. And more like alternative rock. Uh-huh. And then, later on on the East Coast. Well, actually, with Echoplex, we toured... 
Ireland? Did we tour England too? Uh, yeah, we were in London for several weeks. Yeah. We went to Wales uh -huh. and then Ireland, and uh, we yeah. played pubs, we played churches, outreaches on the streets. Yep. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah I remember doing like Trafalgar Square in London. Oh. And uh, um, Les no, Leicester Square is yeah. where you played. <laughs> Camden. There's some funny it's stories. Everywhere. I was playing in Leicester Square. And, you know, usually it's, it's buskers, which is people just strumming an acoustic guitar with a hat. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. everybody's seen them. And so there was a bunch of those. We're like, oh, so we here we bring these giant amplifiers and drum kit and <laughs> sound system. And we're rocking out. And, of course, we're drawing a crowd because it's a crowd, you know, tourist area. Yeah. And so we're playing at night, and it was great. It was so fun. And then um, in the middle of my song, a Bobby, which is a British policeman, uh -huh. he's, he, he walks right in front of me, between me and my microphone, which is very close, very oh intimate. Gosh. And I was like, uh, and he was not looking at me. He was looking sideways, and he didn't say a word. So this is how policing is done in Britain, evidently. Oh. Uh, he just stood there. They just stand in the way. Erect. And I was like, oh, I think he's trying to tell me Time's up. Your yes, chair's my chair squeaking. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, and so I thought that was funny. So I was like, okay. And I looked at the other guys like, I guess we're done. <laughs> show's over, folks. Did he have like one of those tall? Yes. He had, he had a, a beef eater? He had a helmet. No, no, he wasn't a beef eater. That's oh. just in front of the castle. A beef eater is like the guys who wear the big fuzzy helmets that go really yeah. high. Yeah, yeah. But no. he just had a normal helmet. This was a policeman in a dark blue, I think. Oh, like a normal police. And he had a helmet. Yeah, okay. It was great. But they don't carry guns. They just have a stick. That's right. They just run around with sticks. And, and they don't bad, even have to talk to you to get you. you to stop. That's amazing. That's their style, I guess. Wow. It worked. I was like, I get you loud and clear. Interesting. Anyway, so that was my second band. You know, so I want to say something else about that second oh, band. Oh, let's, let's Was that it. the band when we were in um, Kilkenny, Ireland? And yes. Yeah, we played like, I don't know if it was the... The hall, uh, it was City Hall. City Hall. It was on the steps because the it was steps. Sunday, it was closed. It was closed, and you plugged in at a store and you <laughs> started court. playing. Yeah, and I guess there were tourists everywhere from like Italy and France, and yeah. just everywhere. It was summer, so it was summer, and so there were yeah. a ton of college students who were touring. But as soon as you guys started playing, it was like that YouTube video where they're playing on the roof and everyone starts running. Everybody started running towards you guys and screaming and yelling and dancing. And they, they filled the whole street and blocked the street and yeah, blocked traffic. There's a traffic jam. They must have thought you guys were famous or something. I don't know. But it was amazing. And then, of course, I, the police came and I thought, oh my gosh, you're going to shut us down. But no, they just cleared the street. They actually. They let you keep playing. They just helped with crowd control. Yeah, they helped with their crowd control. To control. And then uh, we said, well, who here wants to get saved and give your life to Jesus? Because you were giving testimonies between right. the songs. And like. A ton of the kids did. There's just too many there. There were like 15 people on our team. We couldn't pray with like these 100 people. So you said, um, I'm going to have someone from my team stand with their hand up. And we went 10 people around each person. Right. You know, and so each of us would have 10 people around us. And we'd lead all 10 people to the Lord. And I remember the mayor of the of Kilkenny, his son was saved. Yeah, that's right. And then we did like Bible studies with them after and stuff. That's right. It yeah. was such a crazy day. Was that Echoplex? Uh, that was Echoplex. We were working with some local church there who yeah. hosted us. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, we have a lot of fun memories from those trips. And then later, years later after that, I had a band in um, New Jersey called Beggars and Prophets. That was a cool name. You like that name? Yeah, that, I think that's my favorite name out of all your 
Much better than the unknown songs. <laughs> oh, please. But yeah, Beggars and Prophets, that was a cool name. Yeah, so we we played around the New York City metro area, basically. Mm-hmm. Coffee houses and things like that. I think my favorite show, one memory with that band, is mm-hmm. we were playing in Morristown, New Jersey, which is a pretty cool town for the whole state, I would say. One yeah, of the coolest nice. towns. Yeah, I like it. And a lot of cool restaurants. And they had a restaurant that was a hookah bar. Now, for those of you who don't know what a hookah is, it's like a big water pipe that I guess Middle Eastern people or Turkish people or different cultures, they'll smoke tobacco. And usually it's not normal tobacco. It's uh, fruity, fruity flavors. Uh Right. You know, like people vape all those weird flavors Uh like they'd have watermelon, you know, flavor. Well, they did that the hookah bar. And so I'm like, well, this is a great place to minister to people at the hookah bar. And, it's your um, hookah ministry. Yeah. So anyway, and they serve meals, dinner and stuff. Anyway, right. we're playing our show, our songs, and these people are sucking on these big tubes. And it was just like so funny to me. Yeah. Uh, but it was a great show. Um, sound was great. It was just, yeah, one of my best memories with that band. Uh, great night. So, yeah. And really, but I want to, so I want people to play music with because I miss that. Yeah. And re- like recently yeah. I did... For one of the semesters at University of the Nations, I got to play in the prayer room and lead a prayer set. Uh-huh. And what that means, for those of you who don't have any idea what I'm talking about, it's kind of an IHOP thing. International House of Prayer. Right, not pancakes. Right. And in Kansas City, they came up with this thing where they have prayer sets, which is really worship and prayer and intercession mixed together Yeah. for sets, which is like an hour or two hours at a time. So every week, I led a prayer set here. And it was really about worship and pressing into God but with a, a small team, team. Yeah, your team, though, they were kids. Well, not kids. Young, young people. 18, like 19, 20, 20 yeah. just learning how to sing or yes. play their instruments. So that was fun because you've taught so many young people yeah. how to play their instruments, how to lead worship. Yeah. I'm surprised you're not in the school of worship because you've been teaching worship and leading worship your whole life. And it's amazing. You're just amazing at it. Thank you. So I've always been surprised that that hasn't been something that really is happened here but you are excellent in fact i love to lead worship the what i love to lead worship yeah Yeah. you're so good at it and um and and not just that like you taught on worship when we were in paris at uh ywm paris connect with their dts and i have to say i don't know who's teaching worship at ywm globally but there's no way they can be better than you. Oh, there's some great teachers no, on worship. Because not yeah. only were you like biblical, but you were hilarious and funny and you had music references that you were pulling out of the sky and throwing out there as you spoke like nobody's business. Like I've heard you preach my whole life. Like 35 years I've been hearing you preach and teach. And you- loving it. <laughs> <laughs> but when you were preaching on worship, I was like, this is the best preaching I've ever heard out of his mouth. It was so good. And and I know you're an expert on mercy ministry. You're an expert on evangelism. You're an expert on the poor. You've written books on it. But when it came to teaching on worship, it was so incredibly good. And it wasn't a big crowd. It was just a few people in the room. Yeah, it was a it small was, school. It was a small school. But I was like, wow, this you should be doing this. Like, this should be your... One of the things you do, it was so good. Well, I really nerd out on music, as you, as you know. Yeah, I spend... I a lot of my free time listening to music, writing music. Um, I make playlists on my 
phone. He's the family DJ. So whenever we go for Christmas or any holiday or any activity or Fourth of July, he like he curates playlists. I have for the perfect e- playlist for this for every and, uh, situation. You know, it's like a hundred playlists I've created, and I keep making new ones. Like, yeah. every week because I great. I love it. You know so much music that nobody yeah. knows, and I read a lot about music, so I just have an encyclopedic knowledge. So uh, mostly rock and roll, to be honest. All right, so I'm going to wrap up your t- your answer to this yes. question, but I do want to so say I miss... that I I'm really sorry that you there's been be. this long season. Why is of it your fault? Really, two years. I mean, of course, you've led worship for different missionary schools and things. You've done a little here and there. Yeah. But it's so minor to what you're used to doing. In mm. fact, everything we do here is so minor to what you're used to doing. I really, I really love your humble heart. Mm-hmm. That even though you have a lifetime of experience that's just really out of this world, that you're humble just to sit with a group of five people and teach just five people. You're, you know, or just, you know, you'll go a long time without having a band or leading worship. And, and you're just so, you're so faithful and humble in the midst of um, not being able to do the things that you do so well. And well, I figure there's I a time and season for everything, and so I believe God will open more doors. And yeah. whenever you know, when people think of retiring, yeah, and they're like, "What are you gonna do? Uh, play golf, or uh, you know, a lot of hobbies, right?" Right. I'm like, man, I just want to be those one of those old dudes in the club, the blues guys. Or I, I want to be like, you do, hanging with the old guys and just playing music, you know? Really? Yeah, yeah. That's that's my that's my fun is oh. playing music. So. So this um, this actual exercise of thirty six questions yeah. of ask I just learned something about you I didn't know. And we've been married thirty years now. This year, this November, we've yeah. been married thirty years this past year. And uh, I never knew that in retirement you wanted to play in blues clubs at night. Well, just nothing <laughs> blues. I just think when I think of old guys playing music, yeah. I think of a blues guy like just wow. killing it. You know, so he's plays he's in his eighties, he's played his entire life, so he's got it. Yeah, it's good for everyone to have a creative outlet. Yeah. I, I don't have that, really. I think I'd like my next band to be a reggae band. Really? I love reggae. You used to write some cool reggae music, yeah. I remember. I wrote a good one this 90s. last, just last year, I wrote a new reggae song for, like, an outreach song. Yeah. You know, to perform. That's another thing you do that's kind of unique, and you've always done this, is you write music for whatever group, people group we're ministering to. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we've we've ministered to a lot of different people groups, a lot of different cultures, and you create music that sounds Indian or hip hop or whatever. And I don't think everybody can write music in all these different genres like you do. <laughs> I it, it's interesting that you've always done it's that. So fun. Yeah. I, when we were in Mexico last whatever, two years ago now, I, I remember this church we were working with, their their uh, motto was Uno Mas para Cristo which means one more for Jesus. And so I wrote a song called Uno Mas Para Cristo in Spanish. And of course my grammar was bad, so they helped me like fix my grammar. And then every place we went, they wanted us to play that song, play that in Spanish, you know? So I thought that was really funny. You've done that a lot too. You've written songs for individuals and written songs for groups um, that are specific to their thing. I remember when we did our Crossroads DTS here in Kona, you wrote a song for Crossroads. Yeah. What was that called? I forget. Do you remember? Um, yeah. It was... Um, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's, it was about... Um, I Will Do a New Thing. It was called New Thing. So it was like 
God is, so it's that, that verse that says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Don't you see it? Yeah. Don't you know it? It springs forth. Right. You know, so it's all about God doing a new thing in me. Right. And then in us, because all And it works were, so well with crossroads, because everyone's at a crossroads in life. Yes. Right. And so it just, it was so prophetic and so good. Everybody loved that. Yeah, that's still, that's still like that. one of my favorite songs I've ever written. And really? I still play it, you know, whenever I have an opportunity. Oh, I just wrote another one about YWAM too. Did you? Oh yeah, I, I think it? you've heard it. It's, it's called um, The Mission and it's... How's it go? It goes... Bit? Just the lyrics. You know, to know you and make you known. This oh. is the song Inside My Bones. Yes. To know you and make you known. To seek the lost and lead the way back home. And that's the YWAM motto, if you don't know out there. Yeah. It's to know God and make him known. And yeah. that's our mission in life. Yeah. I think songwriting, I remember when you were young, I said, you should sell your songs to, <laughs> to famous people because, you know, I think that's what you do best is songwriting. You've written hundreds of songs, right? Yeah. And, you know, honestly, selling, making it a business would well, ruin yeah. it for right. me. Right. I know. Because it's such it a free. joy. Well, everything do you've done for free, all your music has been for free, and all the books you've written, you donated 100% of the profits to the homeless. For, so you, I you've never made a selling. dollar. I just don't care about selling things. Right. What I would rather do is give it all away, because yeah. I feel like that's the heart of God. And I'm in ministry. I'm not right. a book no. seller or a yeah. music seller. Just to give I away. just want to use it for God. Cool. Anyway, thank you for... Let me share so much. I hope I didn't exhaust you, the listener. Um, but guess what's coming up next? What's coming up next, Mambo? We used to call it, earlier in this podcast, the book of the week. When we used to record this podcast every week. But if you're listening to our podcast once a week, it's still book of the week. All right, it's time for book of the week. This is a really different kind of book. Um, we read a lot of books, as we've shared many. Uh, this is a devotional book. Uh -huh. So not one you're going to like speed read through. It's actually little tiny segments that probably take three minutes to read a day. And I know a lot of people are not necessarily book readers. And if you're not, and we've mentioned some books on this podcast, I encourage you to download the app Audible. And try listening to a book at night when you're trying to go to sleep instead of going on your phone. So that way you're not getting that light that's keeping you up at night. And try to listen audibly. Now this is something you can't listen to audibly, but because it's only literally reading a paragraph and doing an activity once a day for like five minutes, it's actually a book that I think anybody could read. So let's, the title is um, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality Day by Day. A 40-day journey with the daily office. Now forget that that subtitle because we're not using it for 40 days. We're using it. We just year do it, round. Yeah, we just do it all the time. But what it is is it's a tiny little section, and you know, to be honest, I usually don't like devotionals. No, I find me them either. to be a little eh, simple. Well, I like Jesus Calling. That yeah, was that's a good. famous one. That's yeah. good. But generally, we're oh. we're giving you a peek into our life right now. This is something we do almost every morning. And hey, I want to tell you, it's really changed our life in such a major way that we would be in rem we would be remiss and not sharing with you something we're doing that is really contributing to us learning to hear the voice of God for our every day. 
Because a lot of times we pray to God or we talk to God, but we don't listen to him. And so this actually trains you on how to listen to him and hear from him and um, in a really specific, practical way, right? Yeah, and here's how it's different. And by the way, this guy's written a lot of books like Emotionally Healthy, Emotionally Healthy Church, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, Emotionally Healthy Relationships. Emotionally get, Healthy Leader. Yeah, you get the idea. They're and good. we've read all those books. Yeah, they're all good, but this is a little different. So I'm just going to give you a breakdown. So every single one starts with silence and stillness before God for two minutes. So the way we do this is Mambo and I, we hit the timer on our phone for two minutes and we will like open our hands up to be in a, like a position of openness and surrender. And then we'll just, well, sometimes I'll just breathe first to slow my self down so I can pay attention to God. Take a couple deep breaths. Like, in through the nose, out through the mouth. It's kind of, it's not meditating. It's, it's no. like a... It's, I'm not into yoga or it's, anything. No, no. It's like a breathing <laughs> prayer. It's actually, um, what's the word called? It's like an ancient, like, monastic practice. It's a monastic yeah. pra- practice, how priests and nuns would pray. And so you just start out just to kind of focus on God, you have to kind of tune out the world. And so you take a few deep breaths. And then what I do is I tell people, you know, why don't you just imagine Jesus, like either his face or his hair or his hands or his feet and just sit with him. Just imagine yourself sitting there with Jesus. You could sit Mm -hmm. at his feet or sit next to him or stand next to him. But so it's like you can, God can help you to use your imagination to help focus in on, on Jesus. And then while you're focusing in on him, um, instead of talking to him about your needs, your wants, your complaints, your prayers for yourself or for others, you just sit quietly and you just imagine that he's there because you know what? He is there. You know, he never leaves us or forsakes us. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, <laughs> so he's there. It's just we forget he's there and we ignore him. So we just have to, you know, just recognize these are and and i think if sometimes i imagine like the sunlight hitting his hair or a roughness of his hands or something that makes him really really real and i sit with him and then okay so that's what she does me i just take a couple breaths and go what do you want to say god (laughs) i'm not doing all these imaginations i'm just saying like lord what do you want to tell me yeah and i like i'm not asking for anything just what do you want i usually start with i love you yeah you know i love you god yeah you know just to kind of just open up my heart right Yeah. So that's anyway, two minutes and then we, the, the buzzer goes off and then we go, uh, what did you hear from God? Right. Two minutes of just listening. And I think the first time all I heard was like the traffic outside, the fan in the room. I was just distracted. Right. And I didn't, I'm like, I didn't hear anything, but then we tried it again and again. And then I was like, then God showed me something. Like he just held me, you know, one time he just held me for two full minutes. And I said, he was just holding me. He just made me feel safe. You know, and then there was an, and then as we practice doing this regularly, we actually, God would show us stuff about our day. Like, I want you to call this person or I want you to do this, or I just want you to stop being so hard on yourself all the time. You know, whatever it is Mm, he would tell you. Yeah. He would tell us things like that. Like, you know, you don't have to worry about that. So stop that and just trust me. I got that. And it's like, oh, okay. I think I'll stop doing that. That's great. You know, so anyway, we would share it. Uh-huh. And then we'd read, the, we'd read the little devotional, which was like a couple verses from the Bible that they would have. And then a little devotional, usually a quote from 
someone who wrote about, you know, emotionally healthy spirituality, some kind, yeah. tuning into God. And then uh, a little prayer, like two or three sentences, and then two more minutes of silence and stillness. Yeah. So the same thing over again. And you just get deeper and deeper into the Holy Spirit as yeah. you just quiet yourself and focus on Him. And it's so awesome. I mean, this is like, we've been in ministry all our lives, okay? And we're practicing something new to hear God on a daily basis. Not just every now and then when the, the right worship song comes on or somebody preaches a real passionate message. So rather than to hear God's voice sporadically, we're hearing God out every day. Every day. It's like, it does, we it, do it. does it get any better than that? Now, tell them what you do with your phone, though, to help. Because I, I really appreciate that you set the alarm on the phone for two minutes. I already said that. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay, yeah. You set the timer for two minutes? and. Yeah, I never have to do it because you do it for me. And, uh, and and it's amazing. The first two minutes so seems like forever. I'm like, is this 10 minutes? I can't even sit and listen to God for two minutes. What's wrong with me? Like, I'm, I'm a mess. So, but then after a while of doing it, the two minutes goes by kind of quickly. Yeah, and obviously this is amazing for your marriage if you're doing this together. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had probably decades where we didn't pray together mm. or even do devotions together. No, we're not. That, you know, we minister together and we both spend time with the Lord, but not together very but, much. But in the last couple of years, and even before we came to YWAM, we started reading books together, devotional books. Yeah. Like, not devotional books We've per se. We've been reading books just together really forever. Good books. But, but we really got more into it. So yeah. it's really good. Mm-hmm. Life is good. So so say what it's called again in case anybody wants okay. to Amazon it. And I think I forgot to say his name, but it's Emotionally Healthy Spirituality Day by Day by Peter Scazzaro. And uh, yeah, spell, I saw, spell his last name. S-C-A-Z-Z-E-R-O, Scazzaro. Yeah. So excellent book. You should definitely pick this up. I think um, you'll thank us for it. Yep. You'll You're thank, welcome. You'll thank... The podcast, 36 questions for this service we provided of information. And if you give our podcast name, you will not get a discount because we have no connection or get no profits from anything. Because we're nobody we and nobody cares about this. <laughs> That's not true. People care. Oh. Somebody out there cares, right? Listener. Right. You care. And thank you. All right. That's all. That's the end of the book of the book. Mambo, it is your turn to answer the question. Question number 26, um, which is um, complete this sentence. I wish I had someone with whom I could share blank. All right. Now, I know that our podcast started out more secular, meaning not super Christian Christian, because we were trying to be just normal, you know, and everything, and what? Well, it was always Christian, but you know, we, you we weren't about? talking about Jesus all the time when we started out. It was more like, it well, was? I guess we were. Well, anyway, you're crazy. I just feel like since we've been at missionaries, like we've upped the stories with them, the spiritual talk, because oh, okay. we used to have normal marriage, family talk. Okay. Yeah. But. I'm going to give a spiritual answer and I can't help myself and it's going to seem, you should be yourself and say whatever is in you. Yeah. So I don't have, wait, ask the question one more time. <laughs> <laughs> what is it again? Okay. Complete this sentence. 
I wish I had someone with whom I could share. Okay. Blank. Yeah. So I don't, it's not like I have some kind of talent like you do or hobby Lie. or something to share. Like not I have true. nothing to share because I have no skill or abilities that are special like you do. Um, the only thing I have honestly is Jesus. And I know that sounds like so trite and basic and boring to some people, but everything I have that's good in this world and everything that I do that I do well, it's only because of Jesus and his favor in my life. And I feel like Christians can go years without sharing Jesus with anyone and sharing their story of how they came to know Jesus or saying, Hey, like Billy Graham used to say all the time, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He loves you. You know, um, you know, people ask, how did you do street evangelism as a teenager? Cause I used to go around at 14 doing street evangelism. And I said, I would just ask people, um, if you were to die, do you think you'd go to heaven or hell? And 90% of the people would say hell. And I would say, do you want to go to hell? And they would all say, no, I really don't. <laughs> and I would say, well, Jesus came and died on the cross to forgive right. you of your sins and wash you clean and cast your sin as far as the east is from the west and forgive it you for it and think of it no more. And if you pray with me right now, he will come into your life and, and, and fill you up and you can know um, that you could go to heaven. So you're saying the thing you would share is, is Jesus. You would want to share Jesus with someone. I want to share Jesus with people who to don't. To someone, really. People who don't know Jesus. Okay. Or people who've fallen away from Jesus. Or people who, you know, used to know Jesus, but then they got offended by whatever dumb person who did a dumb thing. Because people are dumb sometimes. In fact, everyone's been dumb, dumb sometimes, including the person who's offended right now. Maybe you're offended by somebody who did something dumb to you. Or treated you bad. I don't care if they're a leader or not a leader, family member, or not a family member. But Satan used that person to turn you away from God, and it worked. Mm. You became a sucker to Satan, believing Satan's lies, because that's not who God is. God is love. He is truth. He is love and truth. The word of God is true, um, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it cuts through all the crap, you know, in your life, and it causes life transformation. You know, your life is transformed. And so if there's anything I could do, I'd want to share Jesus with people because I know as someone who was raised um, not in a strong Christian family who came to Jesus and was forgiven for my sin and washed clean and was completely transformed, I know what it's like to be in the world and I know what it's like to be with God. And to be with God is a billion, trillion, killion, tillion, million, trillion okay, hold on. times you're, better. You're making words up now. <laughs> I'm sure a couple of those were fake. They were, but well, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So all I want to do is I want to share Jesus with people who don't know Jesus or right. far from Jesus. And the opportunities come and go really quick. You know what I mean? Like you talk to somebody and something comes up and then it's so easy to chicken out and be like, oh, I don't want to offend them or, oh, maybe it's not appropriate for me to say or whatever. Okay. And we chicken out. I I want to have opportunities to share Jesus with people, but it's like you have to make an opportunity because it's not like it's not like it's going to drop in your lap. It's not like someone's going to come to you and say, Juan, we have this awesome band we're forming. We want you to lead it and write all the music. Will you join us? It's not going to happen. You have to go and find the people and make it happen. And it's that way with sharing Jesus. You have to go and find the people who need Jesus and offer it on a plate and say, hey, 
you know what? I have an answer for your pain. I have an answer for your loneliness. I have an answer for this addiction. And Jesus has come to set you free. I think Do you I've, want it? I think I've you discovered know? why you became a missionary. Why? Because that's your drive. That's your passion. That's, that's the thing you want to share more than anything else. I do, but I don't get to do it as much as I want because well, I'm around Christians a lot. Well, that's that's true, but I I think um, to, I to look at it from another direction, like you just shared a real shotgun approach, which um, that's true. can work, but we had two amazing, so just recently we went to, um, we had a Christmas vacation with our kids. We, we left the Pacific Islands. We went to Washington to gather our grown children and our granddaughter and have a great Christmas. But afterwards, we stayed with some friends, Kathy, Tim, Delahanty, and we had some great time sitting and drinking coffee and talking about God. And I remember Kathy sharing her story of how God changed her life. Mm. And it was like, she's like, I don't, I don't ever tell this to anybody. And I think she meant because it was so wild, like it she had a wild. supernatural encounter. Right. And I was like, are you crazy? You should be telling everybody this story. This is the best story ever. It's, you know, she had a power encounter with God where mm -hmm. he revolutionized everything from that point forward. Right. And I'm like, and she said, even back when we used to go to church together, back when I didn't even tell anybody in the church about it. I'm like, are you crazy? This is the story you should be telling. I feel like that's the biggest lie the enemy uses is he tells people you should be quiet or they don't want to hear what or you have to or say. it's too much. They won't get it. They'll yeah. think you're crazy. And I feel that's true for me too. Like I feel that go through my head all the time. Like be quiet. You're talking too much. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody cares. But I'm like, hmm, does that sound like Jesus or Satan? Well, gosh darn it. That sounds like Satan to me actually. And I think I've been listening. Instead of listening, we're talking about his book, listening to the voice of God. How much do we listen to the voice of Satan and make decisions for our life based on the voice of Satan who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Way too much. Way too much. Yeah, and we were we were with Tim and Kathy over at their daughter's house, uh, Kelly Harbor. And, oh, not that she's listening to Satan. I'm talking about myself. Uh, what is, okay, lost me on that one. Okay, yeah. And Tim said, Juan, tell him your testimony. And I've, I've known his daughter for years and I'm like we took her to Ireland and okay Africa yeah she's I, great I'm like okay and he's like oh I just love that it's so powerful and so then when Kathy told me her story I was like I felt like the same thing like tell that story mm. That's, you should be telling all your neighbors this story yeah or everybody you know um and then we went to see some other friends from Washington we went to Northern California stay with our best friends Chris and Lori Soto and Lori told us the story of how she got saved and she had a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit again. And she's like, I don't tell this to everybody. And I'm like, what? This is an amazing story. <laughs> this is the truth. Yeah. People need to hear this. Right. They may not understand Bible stories or even the story of Jesus, but if they, they know you, you're in front of them and you right. can tell them your story with Jesus. Right. They'll believe that. And not use Christianese. Right. Not like you've been doing preaching yeah. for the last 10 minutes. Oh, you thought I preached too long? No, it wasn't too long. I'm just saying you were preaching. I was but, I? But when we share with people, we don't have to be like preaching. We can oh, just that's true. Share we need to be normal. Story. Don't be weird. Share our heart. Share our story. Yeah, just be normal and become all things to all people. So if you're talking to a professional, speak in a professional manner. If you're talking to someone who's like down home, yeah, 
talk kind of like that. Or if you're talking to someone from Hawaii, you might say, bro. <laughs> and I feel like, so I, I remember telling both of them, like, you should be telling people this story. This is, these are like miracle stories, like amazing. And I said, here's the way to tell somebody who's not a Christian that story. Just tell them, I know this sounds a little crazy, so bear with me, you know? It's true. And first, before you even do it, you ask their story, like about their life life. That's true. Hear their story first. Who are first. you? What are you into? Yes. Where'd you come from? And like, and then after they tell you most of it, be like, oh, that was awesome. And then of course, you, they'll say, well, what about you? You know, they'll just immediately be open to whatever you have to say. It's easier to listen after you've already talked. So you let it's them... It's easier to talk after you've already listened, you mean? No. If I you was listen to their story, the... they'll talk to you. I was, I was putting my... Uh, no. You're I'm talking not... about the other person. I'm putting myself in their shoes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm saying if I'm someone who just had a lot in my heart and I shared it all, then I'm ready to sit and listen after sharing. Like yes. I've unloaded it, now I'm, I'm empty and I'm ready to be filled. And, and this is what I did when I was an urban missionary in New York City, mm -hmm. talking to the uh, people who were, you know, struggling with homelessness, right? Mm -hmm. I'd be like, so where are you from? Tell me your story. And I would let them talk 30, 40 minutes if they had a lot to say. Right. And I'd be like, wow, thank you so much. And I would empathize with them. Like when they had talked about hard things, I was like, oh my gosh, so hard. That's amazing. How did you do it? Yeah. You know, I was just affirming them as a human. Listen, talk, talk back to what they're saying. Active listening, where Active I repeat listening. back what they said. Yes. And I Don't use their monologue. name. And I would say their name like, wow, Gary. That's amazing, Gary. And I, I, I meant it. Like, yeah. I wanted to say their name as you're an important person to me. Right. And then when I had to share, it was my turn. They would just listen and listen. Mm. Even if they were opposed to things around God or the Bible. Right. They were, because I honored them yes. by really listening to them, they paid me back the courtesy and the kindness. Well, people don't care what you have to say unless they know that you care. So it's about caring for people sincerely. And yeah. I do. Like, I really, yeah. really do. Even if I just met someone, I really care for people. In fact, if I, you know, we talk about how I've never had a hobby, which is a funny thing. It's a weird thing about me. But I would say my hobby is people. Like, I just love talking to people, getting to know people, connecting with people. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. And uh, it's a weird hobby, people, but I think that's mine. So anyway, that's it's the good. answer to the question. Yeah. And I'm sure we've gone way too long once again with 36 questions. And I um, hope that you, through listening to our banter and our discussions back and forth, connecting with one another, that you can use these same questions to connect with people in your life. If it's your spouse or a mother or a father or an adult child or a teenager, um, use them around the dinner table. Use them one-on-one -on -one if you take uh, someone out on a date or hang out with a friend. And uh, use these questions to connect with people because that's the point of this, is to learn how to really get to know people well by asking really good questions and answering them in depth, right? Yeah, yeah. and if it is a, a pre-Christian, someone who doesn't, a person of faith, they're not, but you want to draw close to them, you know, so that hopefully you can be a light in their life, you could ask this question, like ask uh -huh. a deep question over dinner and say, you know, if you could share anything with somebody, what would you want somebody to share with your life that you're really passionate about or you love to do? It could be anything, right? Um, but you're like, you're asking them a deep question, like what makes you tick? Right, but these 36 questions give you a template yeah. uh, to use for that. Though I don't think you should date people who are not Christian if you're Christian. Oh, I wasn't talking about dating. 
Oh, okay. I meant a neighbor, a friend. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, the Bible says not to be unevenly yoked. You want to be, if you're connecting yourself with somebody, you want it to be someone who um, who inspires you to go closer to God, if not you, draw if, you away. If you're a follower of Jesus and you date someone who is not a follower of Jesus, the yoke's on you. <laughs> the yoke's Because that ain't going to be pretty. Well, it seems like it doesn't matter at first, but as the years wear on, I've known a lot of people who've made that choice and who've suffered their whole lives as a result. Um, not having someone to share that part of their life with when that's everything to them is is a huge loss. And I just, I hate for that to happen to people. Um, there's plenty of Christian guys and Christian girls out there. It feels like there's not, but there are a lot. I mean, hey, I'm here at University of the Nations YWAM, and there's thousands and thousands and thousands of them. And uh, so, and I keep meeting Christians who met each other on on a um, a match site, you uh -huh. know, and they just made sure their profile was blatantly Christian. Like oh. I'm a born again Christian, and I or I'm dance and I sing and I know, do missions. I pray. I care you about know. the Lord, and you know, yeah. So that, I'm not going to sleep with anybody until I'm married. Put yeah, that on there. Yeah. You know, I, I, there's no way I'm going to sleep with anybody unless I'm married, and then they'll stay away. You know, you know a good friend of mine who just got engaged, this guy, he had so many problems in life, so many challenges, and he overcame them. But I think the, the most beautiful thing is he found uh, his fiance through, like, I forget, one of these, you know, dating sites. And he said, he said there was 145 guys who like clicked, you know, they liked her or they were interested in talking more or whatever. And yet he became the one, he found his perfect, person because he put in his profile I believe I want to treat women with honor and respect the way God would have me to do like it was very straightforward okay but I just have to say before we end the show that there's so many creepers out there I do not careful. want to encourage online dating if you go to your local because then you're you're dating someone from who knows where in the world if you go to your local church and you go regularly and then after church you say hey let's go get lunch together let's go eat everyone has to eat after church just have lunch with somebody after church to start out. Yeah. Like, you know, then you have someone locally who goes to your church. They believe the same way you do, hopefully. You know, that is a good way to, I think, meet people is in your local communities from your church. I can't disagree with you. I don't know why guys don't ask out girls anymore. Okay, let's not go down that tangent because it's, we're 57 minutes into this great episode and that could go another hour. So, on another episode, we'll talk about that. And, uh, but thanks for listening. And you have a wonderful day. See you next time on 36 Preguntas. 36 Preguntas. Gracias, amigos. Mm -hmm.